And we are live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soul Survivor Podcast. Me and Ryan back to discuss episode four of Survivor, season 45. I mean, I don't even know what to say right now. Um, I was, you know, like my normal routine these days, I was watching it late at night after I got off work, not live. And, you know, I watched what was such a good episode. And I was like, you know, what a great episode. You know, even if we get a simple vote here, I think, you know, this is, we got some really nice scenes, interactions from, from the tribes. We know what's going on. And then, boom, we get our second quit of the season. Ryan, what do you have to say? Dylan, you know, people have been saying for a couple seasons now we haven't had any themes. Like, where are the themes? Survivor 41, 42, 43. We need themes again. I know what the theme of 45 is. It's basically, I, I'm a head out. Like, that's the theme of Survivor 45. Um, no, but I, I completely agree with you. We'll, we'll, we'll go into Sean's decision and everything that happens in the episode because I felt the same way as you. And I was texting you, your brother, about this. Like, this season has actually been so good in terms of the quality of the episodes the scenes that we're seeing, the format, we're getting a return to form almost as close as we hoped to get. And to have two out of four votes or episodes be quits and one out of four episodes being kind of like a mercy kill in some ways, we've only really had Sabaya as like the one real basic boots and everything else has been just Lulu's been a we we always joke about disaster tribes, Dylan. We talk about, you know, Matt Singh and the Brains tribe and Gabon and everything else. Like this is the definition of a disaster tribe. So excited to talk about the episode with you. I thought it was a good episode, just not the last five minutes. Yeah, it's you know, I thought it was it was almost saved, I want to say, by by D, who tried to push to vote at Steve yeah. anyway, which by the way, that would have been one of the funniest moments. It would have been the funniest moment in the new era. It would have been one of the funniest moments that I have seen on the show. Mm -hmm. Um, If, you know, Sean trying to quit and then it turns out that, wait, nope, you're not going home. We voted at Sifu anyway. I think, I thought we were actually going to get it because we saw D D write down Sifu's name. And then we saw Julie in the booth and she was like, well, I'm supposed to vote Sifu still. And I was like, Oh my God, this is actually going to happen. It's going to be not only that would be such an epic blindside that like, you know, something real was actually happening. Somebody's actually trying to quit and mm-hmm. they literally did not let him. And at first I thought that was going to happen because normally um, Jeff is like, all right, so is it even worth voting? And we didn't hear that. Um, we did not hear that from the, from him and mm-hmm. like maybe he said it and it got cut out and they were like, yeah, I think we, we, we should vote anyway. And maybe they just cut it out for like editing purposes. But usually if you remember the first, the first episode, he was like, is it even worth voting? And then Hannah's like, no. And that didn't happen. So I was, I was a little confused why they were even voting at first. And then I realized I was like, wait, are they voting? Because Sifu's actually going to get voted out. And then Sean ends up getting voted out anyway. So I think at the end of the day, like Jay and Julie were just like, you know, let's just play it safe and vote out Sean and just like do what he wanted to do and just like be a good person in that sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, that's what ended up happening. But that was, that was almost, almost a crazy moment. Yeah. I, I, so from what I've heard from former players and I think even from Jeff, he's, they said this in interviews that like, obviously blindsides can happen at tribal council. We've seen live tribals. So nothing's ever guaranteed until people go to vote. But I think what Jeff gets from like the production at camp, he probably kind of gets like the cliff notes of like, here are things being discussed and here's what could happen. Cause obviously at tribal council, 
you know, Jeff is asking pointed questions to the players. He's saying, you know, you know, how do you think the vote's going to go tonight? You know, is there a plan A? Is there a plan B? So he kind of has like the gist and Jeff's again, I'm quoting here, like the cliff notes are probably like Sean is on the outs, but Sifu's name has been brought up, Jeff. So probably one reason why this went to a vote and not Hannah's is because like you just said, Dylan, Sifu's name still could have been written down and it was by D. I think the other difference is that um, Hannah apparently at the Lulu camp had been talking for three days straight. Like, I don't need to be out here. I'm done with this. I need to go home. Like she was like for days complaining. Whereas Sean kind of verbalized it in this one moment that kind of shocked everybody. And Jeff wanted to probably go strangle Sean. Like Jeff's face was amazing. But um, that's probably probably why this went to a vote versus why Hannah's didn't. But no, I mean, I think clearly all the players and even Jeff were just floored that this kind of happened. Yeah, I just, I, I do think that there's a lot of great players in the season and great characters and like great moments so far. And we're seeing good gameplay. It's just like a couple people in, that were casted are bringing down the potential of the season. And that's very unfortunate right now. So look, at the end of the day, if I have to, you know, think of a bright side or a positive here it's like all right at least we're getting the quitters out early and we're not waiting until uh final 10 or whatever season 21 was to for people to quit like all right at least we're weaving them out early and let's hope that you know based on these people being eliminated early that the good players who are still in the game will make the post-merge like a great a great thing that will probably forget the pre-merge the, yeah. the stuff you can have you know like i i i'm hoping for that um, let's hope that this doesn't happen again. I don't, I don't think it will, but it, it's like the fact that two quits happen in four episodes. It's a big problem. Like it is a big, big problem. I'm seeing a lot of theories on why this is, what needs to change. Um, clearly casting needs to do a better job, but also like I saw people, you know, I saw people on Reddit saying cast more people that need the money. It's like, you know, a lot of people that are being casted, you know, Ivy league grads and, and stuff like that. And not, nothing against them, obviously, but like, when you, you know, maybe you know, a lot of the people that go on don't need the money as much as maybe previous seasons. Right. So that, mm-hmm. that could be a, a factor of people like, you know, wanting to leave versus like needing to be there. Um, also like, just like the level of competitiveness I've seen, uh, you know, are you getting people who literally like would, would like, you know, I saw, you know, this is actually very interesting because it brings us back to last season, season 44, where Matthew had to be medevaced and he like broke, he like literally fractured his shoulder and tried to stay in the game and like this and, you know, dislocated it tore his labrum. Like all this stuff was really screwed up with his shoulder. And he's like, I fought literally until I could not be there anymore. Are they getting those types of people anymore? They need to make sure that all 18 people on this cast would legitimately like need to be dragged off the Island in order to leave like that, that has to be an absolute priority and that should be able to be figured out based on vetting and figuring out backgrounds and, you know, stuff like that. Um, yeah. If they're truly like that driven to be out there. Um, and ultimately like that type of, you know, casting those types of people, people who need to be dragged off the Island to leave, like that's going to, that's going to create better gameplay at the end of the day also. So it's, it, it's not only just not quitting, it'll produce better gameplay too, but yeah, there's a lot that needs to be fixed, and I don't know if you saw, but Jeff put out an article like right when the episode ended with Dalton Roth, like saying yeah. like you know basically like already explaining everything that happened, and like basically he ripped Sean in the article, and yeah. like 
you know, like I, I, I feel for, you know, I'm sure he, he was probably just, I, I can't, I can't imagine you put all this effort into creating, you know, a new season, a new show. You finally get to the point where you're, all right, you're going to film. You went through the whole casting process. Um, and now, you know, you get to filming the season and you've had four episodes so far, four votes and two of them have been quits. That's tough. I mean, you don't want to see that. I'm sure Jeff was not looking forward to this episode airing at all. Um, and let's just hope that the rest of the season is better. But, you know, the the casting process needs to be better. It's as simple as that. Yeah, you bring up a lot of good points. I think there I think there are basically two theories or two schools of thought why this is kind of happening. And, and I, mean, I mean, look, I mean, technically, yeah, Matthew quit last season but i almost don't count it as a quick because he should have honestly been medevaced but he stuck it stuck it out for a few more uh days before leaving so i mean and again like i mean quits are very tough because like you also don't really want to consider like you know jenna morasca quitting because her mom is going to pass away so i mean there's different levels of quits i mean people quitting because they can't handle it is more unforgivable than people leaving for a legit reason like matthew did last season um i think dylan it's two things number one i agree i think it, it is casting i think that ever since the show changed to be more like how much do you like do you want it like what can you how far can you dig down to your deepest level like you know like at the edge of extinction like how far can you dig and then like you know people being out here for the journey that has to change i think we've seen now with jeff and with with jeff with hannah and with sean it's like they they were out there for a different purpose like sean saying like i wanted to reclaim lost time and i wanted for the experience you have to cast people like you just said who are there to win the money you can't cast them if they're going to say in, in the interview process, I want to have the experience because they might quit. People that want to win or go or go home, that's what you want. And Emily, Emily said episode one, maybe that was kind of like a tease for us. Emily says episode one, if I'm not going to win, vote me out first because otherwise there's no point in being out here other than to win. So that's what you want from your players. And I think that's kind of how Jeff and production are now casting the show about the experience and they have to change that. The other thing Dylan, I would say is like, and we, I think we always forget this. The casting director for the first 38 seasons of Survivor was Lynn Spillman. And Lynn always did a great job casting. We've always had great casts for the majority of the show. And then she left right around Ed Edge of Extinction or Islands of the Idols. Obviously, Winners at War doesn't count because it's returnees. But, like, we've seen, obviously, a big change in casts in the last several years, even including 39 and 38, mainly 39. So I feel like Lynn leaving the show because uh, they didn't renew her contract – I think that's another big reason why. Like, I I even saw Dylan before I pass it back to you. Eliza was saying on Twitter, and Eliza is the biggest anti-quit person you will ever ever see. Eliza was like ranting on Twitter. Um, but basically, she was saying how back in the day when she interviewed, she was in a sorority, like you know, getting out of college or in college, and Jeff and Lynn in production back then was like, not 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 like teasing or hazing but they were like you know you're a sorority girl like can you handle it out there and and eliza was like you would have to physically drag me off this island before i quit so i feel like they took it more seriously back in the day and jeff obviously was a bit harsher on quitters back in the day so i i feel like the biggest thing is casting and i think they really do have to change that um and also i think the last thing i'll say really quickly is like i think just also this whole thing about survivor 41 through 45 being harder new era we're only going to give you a machete like i'm not saying that's also why sean quit but to not have a fire for the first time in like nine days like i don't think sean ever had a fire out there because he's he lost every challenge and i think in the new era like that's brutal to like cook to boil water and stuff so maybe they've honestly made things a little too hard and they have to also dial that back too i would say that those are my things yeah yeah i mean i yeah i, I still think it's mainly uh casting obviously casting but yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but let's get into the rest of the episode. 
um, and go the, the you actual know, the actual good stuff. Yeah, yeah, we'll go chronological order. Um, we'll discuss everything that happens and how it pertains to the game going forward. So we start off going to Lulu after that vote, and it's clear, you know, Emily and Caleb excited that they pulled off the blind side, and Sean is uh, unhappy. He thinks he's on the bottom, right? Um, and then we get to the tribe swap. So let, mm. let's 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 break down these let's break down these tribes. Um, these new tribes. First of all, bravo, bravo for Survivor finally bringing back a pre-merge swap. We've been basically, I, I mean, we we didn't get it for season 41, and then we were like hoping it was in 42, and it wasn't in 42. And then we were hoping it was in 43, and it wasn't in 43. We were hoping it was in 44. We finally get it in 45. I think this is one of those things that like, it, it's tough to watch, you know, especially when you're in small tribes, three tribes, it's tough to not swap for to merge. I think there has to be a pre-merge swap. And I'm, I'm happy that they finally brought that back, especially with Lulu getting whittled down. They were never winning another challenge. Um, and, you know, ultimately they only had three people left. So um, it's good that they swapped. So we have the new Bellow tribe, which is the new blue tribe. Austin, Brando, Drew, Emily, and Kendra. This was the rare 2-2-1 two, two, swap. So two Bellow, two Reba, and, two, and one Lulu. Um, then we had new Lulu, so new yellow. Um, Bruce, Jake, Caleb, Katura, and Kelly. So we had four of the former Blue Tribe, four former Bellows, and one Lulu. And then we had the new Reba Tribe, which was four, still four Reds, so four Reba, D, J, Julie, and Sifu. And then Sean was the one Lulu. So it was definitely an interesting way that these tribes were swapped. I mean, it wasn't like a ton of switch up, but it was enough switch up to the point where it jars up the game a little bit. Uh, and I was very happy about that. Um, so let's break them down. What what were your immediate thoughts on these tribes when you saw them? Yeah, I mean, look, I think having two tribes being a 4-1 split uh, between the Bello and Lulu, 4-1, and then the 4-1 Reba-Lulu split, I think, you know, it's always tough because you think, oh, well, that's going to be an easy slam dunk vote. But again, you never know, like we heard a lot in this episode, cracks can often form, especially when you have a tribe like Bello and Lulu Bello and Reba, sorry, who hadn't gone to a tribal council before. And when you don't go to tribal, it's more likely that cracks are going to form and people are looking to make a move. So while at first you might think, oh, this is going to be a really easy vote, it's never that easy. And of course, I love how the new Blue Tribe Dylan having a 2-2-1 with Emily being the swing. That's really exciting to see. It was really funny also because in Rob's podcast, he was talking with Carson. And I don't know if you saw this, Dylan, but Christian was in the chat. Uh, and basically... They were asking, like, how likely, probability-wise, was the split? And then Christian, of course, as he always does, did, like, like a simulation of, like, a million tribe swaps. Um, and this, I think, was, like, in the middle, like, the 50% most likely to happen of, like, a 2-2-1 and then a 4-1-4-1 split. Apparently, the most likely split would, would have been, like, a 2-2-1, 2-2-1, and 3-2-0. So that would be kind of interesting. But no, I think overall... It's really, it is interesting just to see Emily in a split vote. Sean is once again at the bottom. And then Caleb, it's funny because he went to Reba for the um, raid Dylan and he ends up not swapped with any of them. So he doesn't right. get to build upon those relationships. Right, right. So I, I think we have a lot of interesting things moving past this quit. I think we now have a lot of interesting things still to come. Yeah. So my immediate thoughts when I saw this was, um, thought it was a little bit, you know, I was like, okay, like not a ton switch, but the one thing that I did like a lot or, or no, not like a lot. 
Um, well, I, I guess I should say I like I like the way that the, the Bellow Bello, uh, the new Bellow ended up. I think that's a very interesting dynamic over there. Okay, but the, the number one thing that jumped off the page for me as soon as I saw this is I said red. I said the new Reba tribe is about to get wiped out every I said the same thing, every yeah. single challenge, and we saw we saw them lose the first one. They're not they may not win until emerge. I'm not exaggerating here, right? And so you you have you know DJ Julie Sean and Sifu. So again. You know, Sifu is your strength, but you take away from that original Reba, you take away Drew and you take away Austin, who were certainly two big helps in the challenges. And you add Sean, who is arguably a massive reason why Lulu lost every challenge, right? Um, so it's like, I mean, I don't see a way that Reba even wins a challenge. Like it's gonna it's gonna have to be very much focused on like a puzzle or like dexterity, like something that like um will even the playing field because I don't see how, you know, all, you have, you have Austin and drew and Brando and Emily's, you know, has seems to be like, you know, good at puzzles, good at some stuff and challenges. Like I, I, and also Kendra who, who was great for blue. I, I think that's, that's pretty strong in terms of physical challenges and same with the new uh, Lulu. You have Caleb, Bruce and Jake. That's, that's going to be tough to take down. Right. So it won't surprise me if red continues to go back to tribal council. And I mean, it seems like the next time that they do go back now on um, the tribal council, it should be an easy three, one vote for Sifu, but um, you never know well, because it is survivor, but, or yeah, I, I don't know, but we'll, we'll see. Well, it could be easy three, one versus Sifu, but now that D wrote down Sifu's name and he's going to pull a, a, a Rupert of like who voted for me. Um, See, but you like, never know. The thing is like, yeah, like it, it could be like the ugliest thing when he, when they get back to camp and he could be so mad, but like at the end of the day, there's nothing he could do. <laughs> there's nothing he, he could do about it. Right. They're on the same beach as they were. So you know that the idol is completely gone from that camp, the idols in Austin's hands. So it's completely gone unless they throw another advantage out there on that beach, which I guess in, in anything's possible in new era survivor, but it's not like he could go find an idol and, and fix it. Like at the end of the day, yeah. like the, the writing's on the wall for Sifu to go home if they want it to happen still. Yeah. But like, but you also like never know, like obviously Sifu could easily get targeted by the three girls, especially because D and Julie are still in an alliance with Austin and uh, Drew. So they're going to hold strong. And you would think it could just be, you know, three, one on Sifu, but there's a chance that when they go back to camp, um, D says like, you know, Oh, I voted for you Sifu. And then like, that puts D in a bad spot, but you never know if then she pulls him aside later and says, Hey, I didn't want to vote you. And neither did uh, Julie. Jay was the one who came to us and said, you're going to vote out the women. You have an idol. And she might throw Jay under the bus. Cause Jay was not in their original Alliance. I actually thought though, before this whole Sean thing happened, I went into, well, not going into tribal cause Jay's name never got mentioned, but the whole time Jay was campaigning, I thought there was a chance that she could fall back on her because she wasn't in the original Reba alliance. So, yes, I agree with you that that Sifu is not in a great position right now. Um, it, I don't feel like he's dead for sure. It could easily be Jay, maybe even D if she did write his name down. The only person who I actually feel is actually safe on that red tribe right now actually is Julie. Yeah, I... I also was thinking the same thing as you. I was like, oh no, this is a classic, like Jay playing too hard. Like it's going to come back on her. But then it didn't seem to happen. I think that if Sifu does get out of this though, it is going to be ending up falling the way that you just said, where uh, Jay ends up getting voted out based on Julian D, you know, being like, what do we need to go with her for? Um, so that is, 
I guess. And, and also, let, let's not forget if they if they lose again, you know, it could be important for them to decide to keep strength. So, um, yeah, I, I think it is possible that it falls back on Jay. But right now, at least based on this, it looks like Sifu may be the easy vote if they do lose again. Um, and then let's just talk about real quick, like moving to Bella, what we saw on this tribe. Of course, you know, I saw this and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like Emily went from being to the point where we thought that she was getting out, getting voted out in the first episode. Um, we thought that there was no way she makes past the second or third episode to now potentially being in one of the possession, uh, best, possess- uh, best positions in the entire game. Um, immediately once I saw these swaps, I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, Emily's the swing vote in a two, two. Uh, with Austin and Drew against Brando and Kendra. Um, if, if, you know, assuming that Brando and Kendra do stick together, which I, I assume will happen, but it's, it's crazy. And it looks like that, you know, while we haven't seen any like final decisions made, it looks like that Emily's going to end up going with Drew and Austin, who um, it looks like she wanted to work with. And they definitely, obviously they need her, but um, it seems like she really wants to work with them. So yeah. that, that could be a pretty big power three going forward. Uh, if they, if they do team up. So yeah, I, I I really want this tribe to go to tribal council, not because I dislike any of these players, but because, like you said, this is the most complex dynamic right now. And I and I even know I think red is in the really brutal spots. Seeing blue go to tribal would be so interesting because they show Emily being brought in by Drew and Austin. They already have the firepower because they have between the two of them the sacrifice idol safety without power and the goodwill advantage. All three advantages are in the game currently sits with Drew and Austin. Let's not even mention the blue tribe advantage has not even been found yet. They could find this too, and they could have a monopoly on every single thing in the game. So they already have the power and Drew also made a relationship with Caleb. One thing we didn't see Dylan in the episode was we see Emily talking to Drew and Austin, but we don't see them say, Hey, we had a good talk with Caleb. And then she says, Oh, I'm good with Caleb too. And then that then then this becomes like the Reba four plus Emily and Caleb. Where are we at now? We're at final 14 now. All that would need to happen is basically they just control a couple more votes. And then if those two if Emily and Caleb come together with the Reba four, they then have possibly a majority on the game. So that wasn't mentioned in the episode, but I could easily see Emily sticking with Drew and Austin if they want to also pull in Caleb from the tribe raid. But here's the thing, Dylan. Emily is the definition of an opportunistic player. The minute she found out that Sabaya had some some like uh, advantages, she kind of went to Caleb and said, we need to get her out. She's too big of a threat. I could easily see Emily being self-interested in saying, oh, Drew's going to tell me that he has all these advantages. Let me go over to Brando and Kelly. Not Kelly. Let me go over to Brando and Kendra and let's, uh, let's try to do some damage to these Reba guys. So I think New Bello going to Tribal would be extremely fun to watch. Yeah, I, you know, and I, I think you made a few good points. First, the first point is that the idol, the idol on that beach still hasn't been found. So it, it could end up in Drew and Austin's hands, or it could end up on the other side, which could put a wrench into a vote. Um, That's a very interesting storyline to watch going forward. Also, I think you make a good point about Emily. Like I could see, you know, just because she seems like she wants to work with them. I, I am, I feel like she's going to stick with them for a little bit just because it seems like she's very desperate to like find like a stable situation. But also you're right. Like maybe she, maybe she feels, you know, she's already nine days into the game. Maybe she, you know, feels stable at this point enough to just 
do her own thing as a swing boat and just like go with the other. So maybe if she figures out that Austin and Drew are getting very powerful, then maybe she decides to flip it. But we'll have to see with that. And Lulu is also the new Lulu tribe was also very interesting. Um, first, we had Bruce getting emotional because it was the same beach that he got evac- uh, medevaced from uh, Tika Beach. And then we, you know, then after Bruce gets emotional, we have, you know, <laughs> we have some hating on Bruce that goes on the rest of the episode from Gatura, um, which they keep playing up the storyline, right? We've heard it consistently throughout the entire season. And now we get these crazy confessionals where she's just rambling on and on about everything she's not like about Bruce, everything that, you know, annoys her. And I mean, I saw a lot of people were saying how, how funny it was that this was edited. They had, they had that point where like Bruce, like, you know, he, he played the, he played the joke that like he couldn't find the Flint after they got back from the immunity challenge. And then they like saw like, they like pan to Katura like uh, in her conf- confessional, just like making a look and then like went back head, yeah. right, without her saying anything. It was hilarious the way this is edited. I don't know what's going to happen with this. If they, ever, first of all, I don't think they're going to tribal because I think that they have so much strength on that tribe that I think they're just going to probably, yeah. probably get to the merge, but what they keep playing this up. Are they, are they playing this up? Cause it's just funny, which is easily possible. Or are they playing it up because eventually Katara is either going to go for Bruce or Bruce is going to go for Katara. And this is going to end that way. I don't really know, but it is hilarious to watch. Yeah, I, and people were saying, and I don't know if this is true, that you know Katura's confessional where Bruce pretends to lose the the um the flint, and then like she's just like shaking her head and rolling her eyes. People were saying that that might be one of, if not the only, confessional in Survivor history that has no words spoken in it. <laughs> which I feel like is is wild. Um, but no, I and I was texting my friend about this. I think also your your brother and we were like. Have we ever seen like this much of like a one-sided hate in a sort like you have people like uh Corinne and Sugar who don't like each other, but have we ever had like a one-sided like hate relationship like this? Because I feel like this is so rare. I do think you're right. I think if they're teasing up a storyline, it's gotta be that at some point Bruce and Katora go head to head. And maybe if this tribe somehow does lose, which I don't think they're going to, maybe it's the two of them against each other and then like Kelly and Jake have to decide which way they swing potentially. I don't know. Um, the thing that made me laugh though, while you were talking was because Katara hates Bruce, but from what we've seen, Bruce is like completely oblivious. Like he has no yeah. idea she hates him as much. Right, right. And then finally, for the first time he's talking and then, and then, um, Katara's like, 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 let's, um, let Caleb talk. And then Drew was like, and not Drew, uh, Bruce was like, oh, she doesn't like me. Like I, I, she, she really doesn't like me here. And that was finally when we realized this. And then you have both Bruce and Katara going to Caleb separately, kind of similar to Emily. Like Caleb is in kind of a power position now. Also, he's good at challenges where both Katura and Bruce are both saying like, yeah, I don't know how I feel about the other person here. And now he has some options. Also, Jake sounds like he may want to jump ship and work with Caleb over Katora, probably over Katora. Um, But no, this is really, really funny just to see Bruce finally realize she hates my guts and I probably should get her out because she's trying to get me out. Yeah, it, it is. It is hilarious to watch. Um, I want to bring up quickly Kelly, who, if you watch the preseason podcast, I was pretty high on her. Um, and I, I have her in, in fantasy draft. Like, I, I'm very, very high on her. I feel very good about, about Kelly right now. Like, she's getting a lot of she's getting a lot of confessionals. We kind of keep hearing her perspective on things going on. And I think she's playing like the middle picture perfectly. Right. Like nobody really sees her as a threat. 
um nobody even knows that she's really playing the middle right is that is that like correct like everyone kind of thinks that she is with them and obviously a lot of that is because they haven't been to a tribal council yet she hasn't been to a tribal council yet but um she is doing a very good job of kind of playing all options and it'll be interesting to see if this tribe does go to tribal what happens or if this tribe gets to the merge without having to go to tribal you know obviously brando seems to be her number one but how do they navigate that um they would not be in that power position of uh that that maybe your your potential merge alliance of the reba four plus the two lulu like she, they wouldn't be in that so it'll be interesting to see what happens but i think she's a very good social player that's worth keeping an eye on for sure yeah no we, we both like kelly a lot in the preseason um and to me emily's like the main character of the season but i feel like Kelly feels like one of the narrators, which is interesting because they haven't gone to tribal. She hasn't gotten like a ton of content granted because she hasn't gone to tribal council, yeah. but I feel like she is like, I don't want to invoke the name of Kim Spryland. Cause that's, that's obviously like very like high praise and like high, like that's a, that's a big part of clear, but people are, people are making that because at this point in one world, Kim was kind of the same way. Kim wasn't like the main character of one world. It was kind of like Colton. Um, but like Kim was always giving like strategic confessionals. Like Kim always had a lot of options early on in the game and she was playing very low key under the radar and people just were not clocking Kim at all. And again, that's why I'm not trying to compare Kelly to her. Cause it's still way, way too early for that, but I'm seeing that the, the slight comparisons people are making, I'm not sure if you feel the same way or not, but like she has all these options. She has Brando as her number one. She, the girls want to work with her. She likes Jake and wants to work with the guys. Bruce, I don't know if he was like gassing her up, but Bruce was like, you're my number one in this tribe. Bruce likes her a lot. Caleb seems to like her. I mean, other than Emily being the main character, Kelly really has like the most options in the game right now. And we'll see if that ends up coming to a head, but she really is pretty well positioned it right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's an interesting comparison you make. I have not heard that, but I see what you're saying in terms of like socially, like everybody wants to work with her. Right. And at the end of the day, like the most, you know, one of the most important thing in survivor more than, you know, the physical aspect, more than the strategic aspect is like people have, people have to like you at the end of the day. Right. And if, if everybody likes you, every single person in the game, literally we ha wants to work with her, that's going to take her very far. Um, so I, I am curious to see the way that this goes. Um, also want to quickly talk about Caleb, right? And and it, this is not like the Red Tribe where uh, it was like, all right, Sean's immediately in trouble. Uh, maybe Sifu, but Sean's in trouble. Like it's a 4-1. I never once, at first when I saw it, I was like, oh no, Caleb like maybe screwed. And then I was like thinking about it and I watched like Caleb interact with them. Caleb is so extremely good at Survivor. Socially. Oh my God, yeah. Socially, strategically. Like I don't feel... After watching that episode, I don't even I don't feel he would be in even a little bit of danger if they lose. If they lose, like I don't. It, to me, it's like I think that he's already like integrated himself so well. I think he would be part of all strategic discussions. I don't see like I don't. I just don't feel like he would be an option. I think that if they if they do uh, lose a challenge somehow, this is going to end up between Katara and Bruce, not Caleb. And that's just it, it's kind of crazy. It just it is crazy. Like he didn't like you said. He did not raid their camp, so he hasn't really spoke to them. But he mentions quickly he made a quick relationship with Jake just by doing the savvy and sweat next to him, right? So I think it's just so interesting the way Caleb has navigated this game. And I think that if you're Caleb and you know that, you know, look, his threat level is going to be monumental 
going into the merge. Everybody's going to see him as a huge threat. Um, and, you know, ultimately, a lot of times for if you're, if you're a Caleb-type player, that's extremely hard to manage. But I think that the best way that he could manage it is he needs to end up working with the Bruces and the Jakes. And even when he gets to merge, he needs to work with the Austins and Drews of the world. And he needs to surround himself with strength so that he could potentially, you know, maneuver the target off him if necessary, um, or at least have some people in front of him that would get targeted instead. So mm-hmm. it is going to be interesting to see how he manages that, but he is, he is incredible at survivor. And this, this was like, not like he is definitely, I, I don't even need to see like it, you know, he could get voted out next episode. He, I, he's not actually going to get voted out next episode. I don't think, but he could go next episode. And I still would feel like that. He is like one of the, He's a top-notch survivor player. <laughs> like I just I feel that way. Simple. Yeah, as that some way. people like whether they're super fans, like you make a good point. Whether they're super fans or whether they're recruits, we've seen both of them. We've seen both recruits and super fans just be naturally good at the game. They just have a natural thing about them. People like them, people gravitate to them. They're extremely sociable, but they don't come off as a as a threat and they're not, you know, you know, dangerous to people's games, even though they actually are. And Caleb is someone that fits that perfectly. I think you and I both liked him in the preseason. Um, neither, neither of us got a chance to draft him for fantasy because I think he was the first pick in our draft. And my only concern with Caleb was like, he's so good that people are going to want to target him. I remember I told you I listened to Mike Bloom's podcast with Rob and Mike was saying how everyone at Ponderosa was like, this guy is, without even speaking words, so likable, so charismatic, and he may be a threat in this game because everyone seems to like him. Granted, we haven't seen that yet. People really want to work with Caleb clearly, but that's why I was nervous about him. But he seems to be as of right now, kind of dispelling all that by being outnumbered four to one on new Lulu. And everybody wants to work with him in some ways. Katura is offering up information that Bruce is on the outs of their tribe. So he really also should be set for merge, not just because this team looks strong, but because even if they lose, I think this will fall on Katora or at worst fall on Bruce. I think Caleb, again, the intention on that saying whatever, but I think Caleb and Emily both should be set up for the long haul. I, I really think. Yeah. And, and again, this is, you never know. You never know what could happen in survivor, right? Like he could end up being a big threat at merge. And then all of a sudden he goes on an immunity run and, and, and it's all, it's, it's all, uh, it buys him a few more weeks and then you never know. You never know. So we'll, I'm, we'll sure, I'm sure you, I'm sure you with your work, I'm sure you loved all the, what he said, like the Kawhi Leonard comparisons or the Warriors. What was he talking about? <laughs> yes. Yes. He loves, he loves the NBA comparison comparison. He said something like uh, the other week, he's like, uh, we're the Cavs after LeBron left uh, yeah. this week. He's talking about like, I don't need to be the Warriors. Like I could be Kawhi Leonard or whatever he's saying, you know, I, I just, just put a competent team around me. Uh, I don't need to be, I don't need to have a super team. Just get, put a competent team around me. We're going to win. Yeah. So, uh, it is, it is funny to see. Uh, I mean, he's, he's Canadian. Why is he not talking about the Raptors? <laughs> yeah. Well, the Kawhi, Kawhi won a title in Toronto. So hey, it, go, it yeah. is, uh, I guess maybe he's a Kawhi guy, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, all right. Immunity challenge. Um, this was, was this, this a new was, challenge? I love this one. This was, this was a good challenge. New, new challenge. Yeah. So that, that cage looked miserable to cat to carry. It was, it's huge heavy and I, I didn't even know if the red if red was gonna be able to do it based on based on how i saw the other the other tribes struggling but you know i i think d made an interesting point at tribals like they they almost they were like a ball away from from somehow pulling it out so you, you never know in survivor but yeah 
that that was a crazy challenge. I I really like that one a lot. But, but that's still, but that's that's kind of what Julie was saying back at camp. Where and Julie and I, I've actually liked Julie more than I thought I would. Not that I thought I wouldn't like her. I just thought that she could get possibly targeted early because of the unfortunate archetype. But she's been doing pretty well. People also seem to really like Julie, and she has that old school mentality, Dylan. Where she's and she said this in the pregame too, where she said, "I want tribe strength because if I if we go to tribal, my archetype gets targeted. How do I not go to tribal?" By not losing challenges. How do we not lose challenges? By having strength. And she was saying to like DNJ, like, we would not have been, been able to carry that cage if Sifu wasn't here. Like Sifu that's probably true. did 90% of the work. So yep. that's why I think J Julie was probably happy that Sean kind of like fell on his own sword because the girls probably were gonna vote out Sifu last night, whatever. And Julie was like, No, I want to keep the tribe strong so we can go into the merge with Reba numbers and yeah, no, I thought this was a great challenge. And like I said, Sifu probably did most of the work here. But just the fact that they were in the cage for the majority of the challenge and then having to shoot the hoops, I thought this was a really creative like concept for a challenge. And again, this just goes back to them after last season trying to change some things up, both puzzle-wise and physically-wise. So I really hope we get more of this. But no, I mean, thumbs up in the challenge department so far. Yeah, yeah, it was a good one. Um, and yeah, I think back to what you said about, uh, Julie, like, I think it, it's such a simple, uh, thing that gets lost a lot of times. Like you do, you do need strength in survivor as a tribe. Um, yeah. and, and the one way you could avoid tribal and avoid getting voted out is by winning immunity challenges as a tribe. So, yeah. um, I do think that sometimes it gets lost in the, in all the strategy, but it is important. So I, I do, you know. I look, I understand Jay wanted to get out Sifu badly. I think that the right move was to get out Sean, no matter what, even if just taking away quit and everything like Sean was for sure the right move to get out. But, uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Maybe yeah, they, because, maybe... cause I, I actually was gonna ask you, I meant to ask you at the start of this podcast, like let's pretend in a perfect world, Sean doesn't do this. Like what's the right move for the women of Reba of Julie, Jay and D because like you could say, you think Sifu might be a threat to you long-term. He seems a bit like goofy. He might want to flip. He might have an idol, which, but to be, but to be fair, Dylan, like D and Julie know he doesn't have the idol. They know Austin has the idol. So they should, right. they're not afraid of the idol at all. Jay thinks he has an idol, of course, but they only would be voting out Sifu if they were concerned he's going to flip. But I feel like you should vote out Sean because not only does it keep the tribe strong, like, um, you know, keeping Sifu does, but we saw last season where the Tika three were kind of the swing votes in the war between Ratu and Soka. I feel like if you're Julian D, it's like if we want to keep our alliance with Austin and Drew strong, we don't want to risk Caleb and Emily and Sean going with the old blue tribe. Let's kind of take out those middle numbers, like the swing votes, because like we see in all these three tribe seasons, the Matt Sings of the world end up going to the end. So I think in the end they got to the right answer, but in the wrong way, because Sean ended up quitting. But I think it like you like you said, Dylan, it was the right move to get um Sean out here versus Sifu. But like yeah, I mean, I really hope that Sifu, now that the vote that D voted against him, doesn't kind of now end up flipping anyway. Yeah, I, I think, I think you're right. You do make a lot. You make a lot of really good points. I think Sean was the right vote. I think that if, if I'm trying to think from the standpoint of like D right now, um, and clearly Julie like didn't want to get rid of Sifu, but yeah. D D was like, no, like Jay wants to do it. Let's do it. We haven't really seen anything from Jay yet. We haven't really seen a lot of her interactions and like friendships and connections. So far, my guess is that alliance number one for D and Julie is with Austin and Drew, right? That's the four. I'm guessing that in D's mind, 
she knows that Jay is more of a guaranteed number than Sifu in a maybe emerge situation. So maybe she wants to keep her around or keep her happy, I should say, as long as possible. Um, so, you know, you don't want to risk like losing that, I think. So I think that they're trying to like basically like basically like feed feed Jay what she wants um, right now. And then eventually, like they won't really care, you know, she she'll be on the bottom of the in the bottom of the alliance or pecking order. But I think maybe she's they want to keep her around for as long as they could potentially just to use as a number. So that's kind of what I think. But I'm not I'm not too sure. The, the other thing I wanted to say about Reba, by the way, that we forgot to mention was how funny was that scene earlier in the episode where they go looking through Sean's bag. And they realize, like, oh, we can't just open it because he has all these like weird <laughs> knots. So we're, let's let's study the knots. Uh, we've never seen this before. Let's study the knots. Let's take our own bags. Let's practice the knots, and then let's go into his bag and make sure he never finds out. I thought that was again ninety minute episodes. We get to see a lot more. This was so cool to see. Yeah, I'm I'm loving D in this season. Like, I didn't I I didn't go in with high expectations, and like based on I guess maybe her answers in the pregame press, what didn't stand out to me, but. I didn't go in with that high expectations and she's, she's crushing it. Like I know this, this could have been a screw up in a tribal council for sure. Based on what happens uh, after it. I ultimately don't think that she'll, she'll be hurt by it, but um, it's, she's been great to watch. It would have been, it would have been so funny had they voted out Sifu instead. So funny, but like, I think, I think she's doing, she's pretty much like, like we spoke about this last week. She kind of had the intuition that like, that uh austin and drew were hiding something for her and she was right uh this time she she she's very good at catching a lot of little details like this the whole knots thing like yeah it's important because if people would notice like we haven't ever seen that really before like tying knots in a certain way she's very good at picking up these like small details and i think it's going to help her a lot in the game um she's a lot of fun to watch for sure so she's very she's very perceptive and i think that um that's going to really help her in the game especially if she continues to work with julie austin and drew and then if it ever gets to a point where she feels like drew and austin are entertaining other side alliances or they start to get even more power like if she feels like okay let's just go through a scenario where you get to the merge and you have their alliance you have caleb and emily and then you have like a couple of bellows let's just say katara gets voted out but it's still going to be like five five three or whatever the split ends up being actually five five two now but like i could see a scenario where let's just say reba starts to win the war they're taking out some of the former blue blue members and maybe d starts to be perceptive and goes again this is all hyperbolic not hyperbolic this is all hypothetical but like maybe d realizes drew and austin are getting even more power and they currently hold all the advantages in the game i gotta take a swing at them because they're never gonna see it coming from me and not see it right now before they can just run the table by the way this is all about their advantages we haven't even gotten to like the merge challenges where i feel like with their body types i can see austin and drew also winning a lot of challenges as well to be quite honest much more than sifu i think and it's so funny tyson was talking about this on his podcast with um I can't remember who he was talking with. If it was if it, if it was high or Zach, it was, high, or it was high. I think I saw a clip. Yeah. It was high, yeah. But but like Tyson was saying, and this is why Tyson's just so funny, and Tyson's great because he was like, I never understand why people are scared of the big guys at the merge because they never win these challenges. He's like, it's people like me who are kind of like lanky and kind of good at th- these different things. Like we win all these challenges. He's like, I never understand why the big muscle guys are threats at the merge. So I feel like I'd be more if I was D and Julie, I'd be way more concerned about 
Austin and Drew winning challenges over Sifu or even like over Jake or Bruce, for example. So I going back to D with her perception, I could easily see her taking a swing at Austin and Drew if they become way too powerful in the game. So I, I have high hopes for her, honestly. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. Um, anything else we need to add before we wrap up here? We kind of went through the tribal already at the beginning. So um, anything else? I think we covered most of it. I, again, uh, the only thing I'll ask you about the tribal is um because again we saw d whisper to julie like still like vote sifu even when sean wanted to quit i guess i'm curious and i'm sure we'll see in the next episode why d decided to do this but like why do we think they weren't on the same page like if they were whispering which we don't see everything why did julie and d who are aligned why did they end up you know splitting their votes here like do, do you think that julie was I like Oh, Sean gave me the Sean gave me the go ahead. I'm getting rid of him, and D was like, "No, let's stick with the plan." I'm trying to wonder why these two alliance members were not on the same page here. I think it was just like probably a human moment of not wanting to do it. That's that's really what I think. Um, but but we'll we'll find out. I think it was just a human moment of like not voting out somebody who really wanted to leave. Um, so we'll see. But that's what I had to say. What, what well, the, I would predict. Well, the only other thing I could think of is that a human moment or, like you said, or it could be maybe like, I guess maybe protection against Shot in the Dark, like just in case. Because it, it can't be like fear of an idol because, again, D and Julie know where the idol is. So the only thing that I – because also Sean told them that Samaya got voted out with the idol. So in their minds, neither Sean nor Sifu has an idol right now. So they aren't concerned about an idol play. They might be concerned about a Shot in the Dark being played. Other than that, I can't understand why they voted separately, but I guess we'll see you next episode. Yes, we will have to see. Uh, also, we got this comment here. Thank you. For, uh, Jackson says, thank you for not waiting till Sunday to do the podcast. We're, we're trying. We're trying. Trying, uh, thing. trying to get closer Wednesdays as we go. Um, obviously, it's been tough with our schedules, uh, my schedule in particular. But uh, yeah, we'll, eventually, you know, maybe one day we'll be back to Wednesdays. You never know. So uh, that's that's all we got for today, though. Like the channel, subscribe. Uh, like the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. One other thing, quickly, we are at, we are locked out of our Twitter account right now. So that's why we haven't been tweeting about uh, episode scheduling and stuff. And uh, I'm sorry if that's if that's been like last minute for some people who like listening to this and like watching the videos and stuff. But yeah. it's been tough. Uh, for whatever reason, Twitter has eliminated their like actual like helpline, like basically just like ai and like we can't get into the account so we're trying to figure that out still until then we don't have a twitter account so um just i guess be checking in with the channel to see for updates um but yeah it, it, it is annoying but uh hopefully yeah. we'll soon. what we should have done and, and this is also on me like and because we've been locked out for like at least like what like two weeks now three weeks yeah. now um what we should have done and i'll do this going forward because i know dylan um is usually, usually busy wednesday nights is you can obviously our Twitters are down there on the screen. Yeah. If you follow our Twitters, I could try to start tweeting out. Like if Dylan and I are talking and we're, we're going to go live on Sunday or we go live like on Fridays, like today, look at my Twitter and I could try to tweet out when we plan to go live. So you can follow along there while we're figuring out the main accounts. So, yep. Yep. Sounds good. Follow Ryan on Twitter. And that is all we got for today. Yeah. Like always. As always. Yeah. Again, last thing I'll say really quickly is quits always suck. They're never great. We're just as upset as Jeff is, but let's not let that ruin the season. I really do feel like four episodes in, I've been very happy with 90 minutes. The format's been great. The episode quality's been great. No, no journeys, except for one. No back, <laughs> no backstories, no metaphors. 
it, it's it's been really great. I I I swear to God, Dylan, really quickly, I was watching the episode before the quit, and I was like, I actually haven't felt this way during an episode, like during the season in a quite a while. So putting the quits aside, like you said earlier, hopefully we're past this point with the quits, but let's not let it ruin the season because I think we're hopefully in for a great ride with this one. Yes, I would hope so as well. Yeah. But as always, uh, thanks for watching and grab your torches and head back to camp. Good night.